Good evening, everyone, and thank you for attending tonight's Fee Brown Bag. I'm Tom Green, and I'll be your host as we deep dive into API security. Uh, to help us along with that journey, we have Anthony Chow. Uh, we're very interactive. We're a live show uh, right now. We, uh, we are live just before Thanksgiving, and I'm manning Twitter at the hashtag vbrownbag and the uh, handle at vbrownbag. I'd be more than happy to ask your questions uh, and interrupt and jump in with Anthony whenever uh, you need help. We have uh, live webinars all through the world and multiple times per week. So if there's a region or time that fits your schedule better, please join us at any of our other uh, vbrownbag webinars and you can find those all on vbrownbag.com. So uh, without any further ado, I will uh, hand it over to Anthony. So Anthony, can you please introduce yourself and uh, kind of set us up while I get the presentation over to you? Uh, yes, uh, good evening. Welcome to VBrown Back. My name is Anthony Chow. I am a software developer. Uh, before I go on, let me show my screen. Uh, actually, uh, a little correction. This is not a very deep, deep dive on API security, but I'm trying to touch on uh, the topic and see where we can go from there. So, uh, like I said, I am a software developer. Apart from writing my so uh, writing software, I also look into IoT networking and security related topics. So security is always in my mind. Everything I look at, I look at from a security point of view. And then I try to keep up with the latest IT technology so that I keep myself relevant. I think this is a very thing that I need to do is to keep myself relevant. And what got me to look into OAuth 2 was that I became a Op0 ambassador. Op0 is an identity as a service company. And in their website, they have uh, lots of good resources on this topic on authentication OAuth and also how you can manage your identity identity and tonight i'm happy and excited to be here to look into security api with oauth 2 with you um, before we look at uh, oauth 2 let's take a look at security securing api as a whole i found this slide very interesting from this website and it's it shows different kinds of apis and the API that we're looking to at today is the REST API. And I think if you are interested, just go to this website and take a look at the, let's also talk about different APIs. For REST API security, there are, uh, you Google also, there are lots of good articles. And one of the thing I find is that this organization, Open Web Application Security Project, they have a cheat sheet. I'm talking about uh, REST security and talk, it's just a lot of good information also. Uh, and this another dzone.com is another good research site where they have different topics that you can look into. So what is OAuth 2? Everyone, if you look at the left, right, right side of the screen, this is a locking screen. Everyone should have seen this lock kind of locking screen. You can lock in with different credentials. The traditional way of locking into a system is to use username and password. Although for this, you can still do that. But on top, it adds a few more options. We can lock in with your GitHub credential, Google, LinkedIn, or maybe oh, this is Microsoft and not Facebook. Sometimes you'll see Facebook too. And how it works is that the server we want to log in, in direct, will direct us back to Facebook, Google, or GitHub. And once we log in, it will give, be giving us a token to pass to the server as we log in. This is called authorization delegation. This, has, this also has another use case that we allow application to access, access your account, a social media account such as Facebook on our behalf to get the information, maybe for, um, uh, for some of your profile or, or some of your uh, connections. The good part is that if we do it this way, the indirect way, we can revoke the access 
to Facebook for the application anytime. If you have to create a username and password or create an account on some uh, foreign application, this might not be a wise choice. So this is a good way and this is becoming more and more pop, uh, popular or uh, being used. And today we look at specifically on how OAuth 2 can be used to secure API and not for logging in. Well, with one hour's time, we may not be able to grab the entire subject, but at least I'm hoping to present the basics and the other links and resources so that we can move forward. If in the audience there is not already someone using OAuth 2 to secure API, then feel free to comment so we can all learn. Well, one of the reasons why I sign up to present a VBank bag is that uh, VBank bag or any other speaking opportunity is that I learn a lot during my preparation. Usually a few days before the presentation, or even now, I would ask myself, hey, why did I sign up? And then every time after the presentation, I would say, oh, well, I'm glad I did that. Uh, as a side point, if you are attending any local VMUG or VM, VM, VMware user group, do consider doing a user presentation. It does not have to be a technical presentation. It can be a problem you encounter, a problem you solve, or how you prepare for certification. Talk to your VMAG leader. I believe if you want, you can find you, we can find you a mentor to prepare you for the talk from choosing a topic to the actual presentation. Have you ever watched the movie Top Gun? Viper told Maverick during the graduation as they are they being deployed to a uh, possible combat zone. Viper said, give me a call, I'll fight with you. So same here, if you want to do a useful presentation, contact me and then uh, I will get you in contact with the proper person or give you, or provide you with any assistance that you want. Anyway, get back to our topics. And of course, I'm also a true believer of community. So giving back to the community is always a good thing as we grow together. Okay, so we move on. So to me, what uh, it is, uh, this is what, for me, this is what OAuth 2 is. But if we look at the previous slide back on the uh, OWAP's cheat sheet for API security, they mentioned something about the API key. Uh, and API, there's a field called the API key. This field is useful when, um, when we used it to generate the key. The key is just like a car key. You need the key to start the car. But if you accidentally left your car key on the table at a restaurant, I can pick the key up and drove your car off. The car only recognizes the key and not the person. So this is the same as API key. But how does OAuth 2 come into picture? If you ask me in one sentence, I would say OAuth 2 is a framework to generate this access token, which is, can be used as an API key that can be used uh, that can be used as an API key. So have you wonder ever wonder what OAuth stands for? I think. Uh, this is nothing to do with authentication. Although when I look at the web, uh, people think OAuth means open authentication, but I think it should properly be named as open uh, author authorization. So uh, in here we have some more. This uh, is a framework. It's also it mainly is for authorization delegation, and this OAuth two is defined by two RFCs: sixty six seven four nine and six seven five zero. Uh, the main spec is 6749 and the 6750 is uh, how to use the token. There's a further elaborate on how this can be used. I think this is maybe sometimes where people get confused or people write up another RFC just to clarify what they mean. And then there's a version one and version two. OAuth one is defined by RFC 5849. And the important thing is that uh, OAuth one and OAuth two are not compatible. They are a little bit, uh, they're different. And then OAuth 2 is more, I would say more mature. And then uh, RFC is very import important document for the industry. I remember one time I was working for a small company and then we have some, we are doing, we are manufacturing networking equipment and we have some interoperability issue with the Cisco switch. So we later on when we debug is that Cisco switch does not follow the RFC. And then even though we are a small company and Cisco was so big at that time, well, today is even still big, but at that time they were just 
industry giant in the networking in industry. Even with that, with, with the RFC on our hand, we can move them to change their, their equipment so to uh, adhere to the RFC. So this is something uh, the industry is looking at that as the standard or kind of a Bible. Well, for me, the, when I look at uh, understand something, I always start with terminologies. Just like writing a software, I start with data structure. The first thing, what we want to know is the various parties and how they, uh, they, they fit into the framework. And with this picture that I got from the article in LinkedIn, it talks about all the different, different parties. Well, we have a client, we have an authorization server. And remember, this is only, an, in, in the context of OAuth 2, this is a, an authorization server. And of course, there is the resource server and the resource owner. In the context of today's talk, the resource server is the API. API is what we use to protect the resource. And then when people can get access to the resource and putting security to the API will be able to limit the access or to pro protect the resource. So, and th the good thing about this picture is that uh, the reason I put in this diagram in is instead of just putting the four names because we can see the flow. First of all, the client wants to access the resource. Instead of going directly to the resource server, we will ask, we'll get a token with, well, this is, we'll see the word OAuth flow. We'll get into that later because this is a, a, an important uh, terminology that we need to understand. But for now, in this, for this slide, we look at the, the client will get to the authorization server with a token. And then with that token, it will send an API to access the API on behalf of the user using a token. And then the resource server will validate token and say, oh, okay, this is good. So they will honor the API and reply whatever. This is uh, generally, this, uh, we have to, the terminology that we have to remember is uh, what are the four actors in OAuth 2. The next thing is the flow to so the, uh, or the grant. This is something the, how, this talks about how uh, the client will get a token from the authorization server. So if you see a flow of grant, they, they are pretty much, this, uh, they are the same thing, not pretty much, uh, they are in fact, they are the same thing. And there are four types, different ways of getting a token. There's an authorization code, implicit grant, resource owner, password credential, and client credential. Um, I'm not going to go into too deep because we only have one hour to talk about this topic. But if you really want to, you can dig into the RFC and you can also, this is one good article that talks about uh, how uh, OAuth flow should I use because it talks about all these four and how, how they can be used in different use cases. Uh, any questions so far? We'll talk about two kinds of terminologies, the actors and the flow. Now everything's uh, cleared online. Okay, uh, let's move on. Tokens. Uh, there are two kinds of tokens. One is the access token. We have be always been talking about access token because uh, for me, this is the major thing that is getting uh, how we secure uh, the API is this access token. This token dictates if the resource can release the information when they get an API call. The reverse token is because uh, the access token has, we can put time limitation. Let's say if we work, this token can only work for two hours. So after that, it will not work anymore through some kind of a session base. So we we'll say, we we'll say, oh, this session only, this token only works for, works for this session. A refresh token is how you renew your identity to get another access token to work. So this is just a token. At least in OAuth 2, the token is the ultimate goal that we want to generate. It's a framework that how uh, OAuth 2 is a framework to generate tokens. And of course, this is a very, simplified view of how uh, OAuth 2 works. Again, they always go back to when you look at OAuth 2 documentations or any blog posts, they always be refer to all these four actors, the client, authorization server, a resource server, and the resource, resource, own, resource owner. 
But then you may ask, how does the how do we get an access token? OAuth 2 by itself does not provide a complete solution for securing API. OAuth 2 is only an authorization framework. We have been talking about authorization. To give authorization, the server must know who is asking for the resource. And for that, we need authentication, which is to validate who you claim to be. It is something called, also called a role-based access. When a user authenticates with the server by providing its user credential, once the credential is validated, the server will know who you are. And based on who you are, the server will give a token with something called a scope. The scope uh, is something that defines uh, your access, what rights, what privilege do you have to, with the resource. Let's say a user in the HR department has a good reason to access, access, access the employee records during business hour. Well, what if the access came at 2 a.m. in the morning? Then this is something questionable. So depending on your policy, you might say, oh, this record cannot be accessed after uh, work hour. So this is some of the scope that can be defined at the token. Uh, so we this, we look at this screen, something called the Open ID Connect. It it's further complete the picture because this will be a better way of saying is that Open ID Connect sits on top or build, say this one is rise on top, actually. Uh, I think the proper, the better way I would use is a uh, build on, builds on top of OAuth 2, because they both combine as authentication and authorization. Authorize them, this is only authorization. It doesn't uh, have the framework that talks about authentication and open ID connect uh, completes the whole, uh, this thing. But then uh, with the terminologies we have learned before, uh, OpenID Connects also further refine, uh, because what uh, the thing is OAuth 2 is a framework. It doesn't specify how exactly things to be is to be implemented. But OpenID Connects uh, pull the definition uh, in further and define, oh, let's say there are two things that also, the, 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 one of the things we look at is the user info. Another thing is that Open ID Connects uh, specify the use of uh, JSON Web Token to be the token used by the OAuth framework. Uh, this is a very interesting to look at because JSON Web Token is a token in a JSON format. Well, usually, I, I always say a picture worth a thousand words for so this. Usually, when we look at uh, JSON Web Token on a, as a string, is this in this format? Now, the good thing about this picture is that it's color coded. See, if you look at this, this the header is in uh, I don't know what color is this. I don't, but the, this this one color followed by a dot. This is a very small dot, but this dot does mean any something. Is in the format. This this dot is a separate. Is I think how the program uh, software can parse the this Web Token. And then this is the payload part, followed by another dot, and then which is a signature. This is a, so a JSON web token has three parts, the header, the payload, and the signature. So what is a signature? A signature is uh, the digitally signed uh, version of the head, header plus the payroll. If you look at the code, they will call the, the hashing function of using the content of this header and also plus this will create a signature. A signature, well, there's a, um, we have to, for this we have to re, uh, re, remind ourselves is that the signature is digi digitally signed and not digitally encrypted. That is the difference between sign and encryption. Uh, although both of these two things need a, a symmetric key. A symmetric key, that means there is a private key and this is a public key. It's just the same thing as something uh, when you do the SSH, you have a private key, you have a public key. What signing is, is that it's a one-way hash. I always remember hashing is only one way. You can only go one direction. You can, when you put something into a hashing function, it always go out one direction. There's no such thing as unhash. You cannot get back to the original uh, with the hash. What it does is that uh, the sender will hash Something, let's say we take this as an example. We hash the header and the payroll to the signature. 
they they will use the um, uh, let's say let me let me think a little bit because uh, sometimes it's a little bit confusing too on the they the, the sender will use this private key to sign to hash to the one-way hash to create a signature and when the receiver would use the public key of the sender to hash the same string to see if they get the same value this is hashing so the for hashing you can plainly see the header and the payload and then uh, they will not be encrypted but if this thing is encrypted you cannot see the content of the header and the payload because they encrypt uh, the center will encrypt with um, with this with with your with, with your private key a public key and then send a message to you and then you can unencrypt or decrypt the message with your public uh, private key and this is a little bit different so when you work on a json web token we have to understand that this is uh, only signed and not encrypt so let's say we will talk about defense in depth earlier that uh, this is security we cannot just use one thing to secure the whole thing uh, this is the same thing as OAuth 2 this is only a framework to define an access token but if you want to provide encryption you have to use something with ipsec or https to encrypt the message this is another layer of security and so far we have been talking about uh, some of the concepts let's take a look at some of the sample for Jason web token i find uh, there is a website that is very good about talking about plus there is also a let's see let me get to uh, Ah, yes, this is a website. The URL is jwt.io. This is talks about the JSON web token. It's also defined as RFC. And the good thing about this is a debugger. There's an algorithm. If you remember the header, the type, this is uh, the algorithm. Um, you can use either this. Well, I think one the H is a hashing function. This is uh, using a symmetric key, and this is. Uh, R, R, I think uh, I think it's RSA. It's, it's about uh, asymmetric. The good thing is that if you have a JSON web token, you can paste paste it here, and then you can decode it. You know, you, can, you want to, you can play around with this. I think this is a very nice, uh, a nice website that we can use to play with. And also, there is good description. You can learn more about. I think if you click on that, there is a good uh, ebook. That you can know if you want to dig into. Let's see. We might as well go and take a look. Uh, it is a. It talks about what a web token is. Uh, yes, the two. This is a H and RSA. H is for RSA. It talks about all this in detail. Going back. Uh, no, not this one. Ah, no, she's still wrong. Anyway, this is not, uh, we have, so far we have been talking about OAuth 2, and so how does exactly how it works? What I find is that I have here a, uh, this one. This is, I SSH into a Linux box. I call it a demo. Uh, there, I, I, I have this, this is uh, something to do, this is, uh, JSON Web Token is very popular, and it has many many language support. Um, I think this is one of the code is called Python. Let's go into pygwt. This is also a library that you can call. Uh, this is one ex one of the one of the I get it from GitHub. It, it is a, it's how you can get to the JWT Python JWT library. With this, you can call. Uh, let me see. Let's do vi readme. Ah, this is an REST format. But this one also explains how we can install this library. And then there is one thing. Oh, in fact, maybe we can we can do something. Uh, Cool. We can copy this thing. Just play it, just to play around. Ah, no, not this way. This is B. I cannot do that. Uh, 
I heard the I heard the joke. Someone said, "Oh, I've been using using BI for many years." I said, "Oh, good. How do you like it?" Ah, it's very nice. Except I don't know how to get out. That's why I have been using BI for that many years. I always into BI. Anyway, this is try to get some joke. Uh, so we go on. Uh, this one. So this is at least just want to show uh, Python. This is a good library if you want to parse a a JSON web token. Python is very good. The library support is very good. Uh, see. I, I download a few examples. One thing, uh, one of the good example is this. Uh, I get from Op Zero. You can also get it from from the website if you want to play around it, play around with it. Uh, see, this is. Uh, let me this one this we have a a python server that is pre-written that is for the demo purpose this is just to create a website it talks about how you can do the testing and then the main thing is that uh, there is a env.example that you have to create. Uh, let's see, and I have already copied that, that env. This thing you have to, uh, yes, it's not very clear. So this env file has two lines. One is the off zero domain. I call it rebound back off zero.com. This is something, and we will go into this later on, but this is some unique uh, string that we need to put in. Then, um, nice things about this demo that written by Op Zero is that there's a Docker support. So let me quickly spin up, spin up the, the the Docker container that this that will that will fire up the the the, the demo program. SSH. We have done this before, so this uh, is running, uh, running on. Oh, this is fast because because I already did it once. I don't have to pull the image from from Docker Hub, and this is already running. So what it does is that hmm, let's say what's the best way to test this. I think I need to SSH into the box again. But let me put it in again. Actually, if, oh, uh, I think this is a good way to do it. This is, um, just explain the whole thing. This, this page, uh, if you go to op zero document docs, quick start backend is Python. That uh, you will have this, if, uh, if Python is not, it's not something you, you are into, you are into another language. They have other uh, support also. If you just go to quick start, then you, uh, the back end, then you will have all these supports. And today what we're looking at is the Python API. What it does is that it will spin up a server. So this is the piece of the code that runs the server. But the key thing is that at the, at the end, I think, uh, uh, not this, I have to go into here. Uh, the GitHub has a, a good, this is, the place that so I have to do this if I'm because I am using a Windows system for the webinar or the podcast. I this is this whole thing is assuming you're running into the same system. I think running a Docker system in local is just a little bit cumbersome. I choose to so I can follow this. Is the at least if we know it's port three zero one zero. 
So what, let me see. Uh, let me try this thing. HTTP. Just correct. When I do one sixty, ah, I type it wrong. That's why one sixty. No, still in the wrong. The wrong IP address. Two. And go to connect. Zero one zero. Let's uh, try again. Hmm. Oh. Uh, well, anyway, what I was trying to see is that there, the, with this demo, uh, one thing is that there are two sites. One site is there are two sites. We, I was trying to get to this local site where it does not need an authentication token for the API. But if you go to this secure private ping, that initially, if you do not set up the the OAuth two at OAuth zero then you won't be able to access. And then let me show the, show the page. Hey, uh, Anthony. Yes. Uh, we have a comment from Graham. He says the port should be 3001 instead of 3010. So look at the port. It's, um, you've transposed. Uh, 3010, what did I say? 3010. Okay, the other thing did say 3100, so, or 3001, sorry. Oh, oh, the, the one that's been up? Oh, I see. Ah, interesting. Ah, good, thank you. Uh, then we can, so 3001, let's go back. Twenty three thousand one. Ah, good. Thank you. So this it, the demo application said, "Oh, good. You don't need to be authenticated to this call." But let's try this uh, secure ping. Let me just let me also. So with this, if we do this, it will tell so the demo code is that I need authorization header is missing. I don't have it. So how to mitigate this? Uh, one thing is that I have to go to off zero. Range. Create an API name. I think this is just a name that doesn't really matters. Find the name for the API. Yes. See, this will create this. Let's see if this will work. There was a uh, a typo in 
whenever you're typing that in. So just make sure you catch that. Uh, which uh, re-brown bag? Uh, where did I? Oh, on the identifier? Yeah. I think that is oh, OK. This is just a. Uh, okay. uh, yes, oh, thank you. But yes, let's try again. Uh, still no. But at least we see that the, the demo is saying the raw data looks like this. This is a JSON format. This is much it's better looking. And the header, this is. Uh, what should I? Can I lock in correctly? Ah, yes. But I think this cannot be changed. If you, uh, let's say this. To say a logical identifier for this API, we recommend using a URL. But note that doesn't have to be public. Uh, we're not call your API. This cannot be modified. Uh, hmm, this thing, I, well, anyway, suppose this is, I was supposed to try to demo uh, if we, this is set up correctly. Then let's see what, the, but then my domain, I think the V brown back, ah, this should be correct because it's all in the lower case. Let's take a look what's in there. I think this is showing the, uh, this is the console for Web of Zero that if you want to try to secure an API, you have to specify these things. This has a scope that I'm talking about. The token expire in certain time. Uh, this is another thing. These are some of the things you can configure. You can also use warning. Once confirmed this up, oh, maybe I need to, need to save that or no? Well, should not. Let me try this save. Try again. One, two, three, four. Try. Ah, still. But um, anyway, this is something. Well, we can we can explore if you can. You download. Uh, go to this page. You can download the the code from GitHub and then play around with this. This also tells how to configure this thing. API and API. Uh, it talks about how things are being added. Uh, it tells you how to do the pip install, the requirement of all this. And then it talks about how things work, explain the code. And this is something. Oh, well, for this, for another, I'm uh, preparing another demo is that, that we can, we can, we can create a, there's another thing that we can locally, instead of using a commercial product like Op Zero, we can create a, a uh, what's that called? We can create a, an authentic surf, authentication server. This is another company. I found this, uh, uh, not sure if this is a company, but this is you know, how it talks about how we generate a, this one, I can try to run it and set it up following following the instructions. Let me see. It's pulling the, the Docker image from I'm trying to build this this database first thing. This is the first step is to run and install Progress SQL. Because for the authentication server, I think always need a backend database to, to, to store information. The connection is... Ah, so we have pull down at Yes, Docker. Yes. Oh, it's running. So we follow the follow the instruction. Take all this that I'm doing today. You can do it yourself also at your local server.
this. Actually, this one I'm not quite sure how it works, but it just follows this to create prepare the server. I hope the connection is faster than before. Um, when it's doing these things, is there any other questions? Will I be able to see? No, yeah. the uh, oh. everything's clear. This is this is pretty neat. I'm you're getting a little view on Docker and, and how to set all this stuff up myself. So it's it's great. Well, I'm just following the instructions too, but it took me some time to prepare the, the uh, this is a Windows 10 Home Edition. I don't have, you cannot, because currently they, this is the old tool. This is the, the Docker toolbox that I have to use because I, I don't have Hyper-V running. I tried to play with Hyper-V, Hyper -V, enable Hyper-V and then download a later uh, Docker uh, community edition, but it keeps on crashing. I do not know why. Uh, to me, when I play with Docker, I still prefer running it on a Linux system. I, I'm still not too sure, but this is because I need the Windows system to to uh, Windows system to to do the the podcast. Say when I think this is just actually running it, migrating the SQL. This is explicit command at the very end. Let me do this. Bash command not found. Uh, oh, command not found. Oh, maybe I have an extra design. Hmm. Let's see. Ah, I think I have an extra dollar sign. It's always like this when you're doing a live demo. Let's see. Yeah, the live demo is one of the greatest parts and the bane of uh, of this podcast, you know. Hey, but then uh, to me, live demo is not the most uh, most difficult for me. The most difficult is the answering question. You never know what the audience is going to ask. <laughs> anyway, I think this is being done. So let me see if we can run the OAuth server according to this. Uh, we still have to, oh, this is the, the last pool was doing the migration. So this time, let's see, let's create the server. Paste this, try it. Let's see, Docker, yes. We have two, two, two containers running. One is the database, and I think one is the Hydra. Hydra is the is a server. So we do. This is to say, oh, to just to check. Let's copy this too. Double check. Although we are, we use other ways to check. Please. You see what we're supposed to uh, setting up server. Hmm. I only see one message connecting with progress. Now let's see, let's move on, see if it works. The next thing, ah, another? Oh no, no, I'm running ahead of myself, is it? To run the server, so I think this is the, all of two servers running in my machine. Generate a token, now let's see, let's move on. Generate a token. Maybe I need to do it on a DDY. But let's connect. Maybe the, the server is not running. 
or I never understand if I really need to log into go into the server or, or this is running this needs to know where Hydra is and which client ID secret since we use when we're creating this hmm. well uh let's try to debug uh, well this thing is running i don't know the command to ssh to the i'm trying to do the vagrant ssh to the vagrant VM, but just like in this Docker command, um, how do I do that? Let's see. That's Google. You need to put the commenter. Ah, I think this might not try the command with WMTTY. I think I have a problem with this is assuming I'm running the whole thing in a Linux Linux server, whereas I'm doing this, uh, I might not be able to log in. But anyway, if you play around with this, I, I put, a, uh, put the website out on the on the question and answer, you can go and try it out yourself. And this is this thing is very nice because eventually you will be able to have a if you follow this, just uh, you will be able to to have a screen like this and play around with it. Oh, this is pretty pretty comprehensive. I think if you need something to play uh, OAuth server to play with in house, then this is a very nice place. Uh, hmm. uh, let's see. Let's get back to the. Do I still have it? Maybe I don't. Uh, okay. This is something we put together. I think the whole thing, if you want to secure an API, this is how. We're putting everything together. We need to we need to understand all these three pieces: OAuth two, which is an authorization framework; the OIDC, the Open ID Connect, is for authentication; and then the JWT is being used, being specifically specified in the OIDC spec to be used as an access token. So this is uh, one of the use cases that we'll be able to secure because for microservices. They use a lot of uh, the REST API talking to different different parts, or well, depending if you are in the Kubernetes con uh, context, it's called a part, or you can call the each individual service or a Docker or a container because container does not have to be Docker. In Docker be being used just like a Xerox. Uh, this is a Xerox machine actually. Xerox is a company name and uh, it should be a copy machine. So Docker container should be the one form of container. There's a CoreOS. There's other, other different form of container as LSC. But then, anyway, uh, going back to the securing uh, API OAuth two. This is one of the application. And here are some of the resources that I found being useful. Of course, for the, for the server demo that I have, 
here before is for this location. Uh, Storm Path used to do it, but it's being, being uh, merged. I'm not sure if the rip is the right word, being bought or merged with this company. So this is the current company name. Microsoft is very hot, uh, high on API and it has a good resource for API security. Nordic API, if you go to YouTube and use this, tons of uh, API security clip that you can use. Uh, Amazon Conical is one of the way that uh, utilize Op Zero, but I think this only can only be used within Amazon services and not for others. So this is within Amazon service that you have this single sign-on, this um, OAuth like uh, authorization thing uh, with this product. Mm, of course, Op Zero has also good good resource on API security. For JSON Web Token, these are some of the things. Again, okay, we went to this JWT.O before. And Op Zero has a ebook that you can download as very detailed description of uh, JSON Web Token because Op Zero uses JSON Web Token very uh, extensively. And lastly, this is for ROF2. If you're interested, look at these two RFCs. Uh, one of the thing is that Google has uh, OAuth Playground that you can play around. I think you can also go and take a look. This is the playground you can play around with. It. These are some of the resources that um, I, I found useful for this particular topic. And then, Uh, just so I have, I don't have an end. Uh, thank you, you slide. Uh, prepare this is the end of the deck. And that's all I have for tonight. It was great. Um, it was really cool seeing how to build that server, and I'll, I'll make sure to get that link into the show notes on YouTube so that uh, everybody else can click and follow along. Uh, yeah, this is very cool. This is also have a link. So this is what's supposed. This is supposed why this is what I supposed to have for the demo. <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh, any questions, comments? Well, if not, thank you for coming and happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, thanks. Uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Eat a lot of turkey. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, save you a uh, save you a pumpkin pie. <laughs> oh, sounds great.